<laughs> Hello, I'm Pete Can, laughter leader, positive thinker, and entrepreneur. And you're listening to Laughter and Positivity with Pete, where each week I'll bring you tips and tricks to lead a happier, more positive life. Ready? Let's go. Hey guys, thanks for joining today. I am very, very happy to have Dr. Tom on the line, who is one of Europe's most exciting and dynamic chiropractors with a purpose to inspire, educate and serve. He does this not only through his busy full-time practice, but also through his other businesses as a sought-after entrepreneur. He is the host of The Dr. Tom Show and founder of The Finding You Project, designed to help individuals and businesses achieve outrageous success while remaining true to their purpose. He's the vice president of the United Chiropractic Association, a regular guest expert on radio, an international speaker and property investor. It is his mission to inspire you to bring your unique gifts and talents to the world and create a life of abundance and happiness. Yay! Yes! Well done. <laughs> Past English GCSE with flying colours, my friend. Oh, second, well, I'd say second time lucky. It wasn't, mate. It was more like fourth, wasn't it? But um, so, Tom, do, do, like, do you want to just put that a bit, bit tighter for me? So who, who are you and what you're about? Brilliant. Well, thank you very much. It's such a pleasure to be on your show. I love what you do. You bring so much positivity to me and, and loads of others. And it, it ties in with what I love to do. I like to help people uh, really bring their true authentic self to the world, uh, not live up to somebody else's expectation. In my professional life, I'm obviously a chiropractor. Uh, I have a busy practice up here where I live in Lincoln. Um, and obviously, last year, I was on planes traveling around the world speaking. This year, I'm doing it via Zoom. Um, so it's great to be with you and, you know, I hope I can help your audience uh, however we see fit. Fantastic, fantastic. So, Tom, I'm just going to explain to the listeners how I, how I met you, first of all, and a little story as well. Um, so, so I met you through chiropractic because I, my back was in tatters and I, um, I got recommended by Ali. Uh, Ali Sharp I think it was and she she said go see this guy Tom and I was like okay I, I'm not sure about chiropractic uh, because I'd done I seen the osteopath it wasn't quite working I went and saw you and you, you yeah we connected straight away basically and, and you gave me obviously the couple that gave me a little bit of a, an adjustment and stuff at the time and then it literally I think it was the next day you were off to see Daniel Priestley at a key person of influence as was I and yes. therefore, we ended up car sharing on the way home. We did. It's a small world, mate, isn't it? It is a small world. It's brilliant. I think by car sharing, you just you just jumped in the back of my car while I was driving home. Basically. <laughs> well, that was it. I, 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 had great. A, <laughs> I had a return train fare, mate. What is it if I just got one way and went, yeah, that's right. Right. Are you from Bristol, my babber? <laughs> 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 so, um, so what's your story then, Tom? What makes you tick? What makes me tick? What a great question. I love, I, I think what makes me tick two things, nature and seeing other people achieve uh, their greatest potential. Um, I suppose the negative of what make, take, makes me tick is seeing the frustration of people not being able to achieve, achieve things in life. And that just, it bugs me how we're taught and, and conditioned. Um, so I suppose that's a negative motivator, but the positive motivator is seeing people really uh, achieve and grow and that's i think that's why we connected is because you bring such a positivity um to everything 
like even we jumped on the call and you're frustrated that your technology is is not brilliant but you're frustrated with love and i like that so you know it's brilliant <laughs> it's true though it's like why why be frustrated oh, mate it's just so much going on man at the moment it's just like it's how you frame it it really is you know it, it's um the people that are listening know that i run a chef agency they know i've had a chef agency for 11 years they probably know there's no demand for chefs right now as well so hey <laughs> That's that's but but I could have framed it all like ah oh, or I could just put my red hat on and go let's go over here because this is going to be more fun so um yeah so um, how 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 are you finding living living up north then living up north is not the same as living down south my friend um but it's how you frame it exactly what you've just said um I think you know the interesting thing just to go back to your point about you know obviously your industry has been really slammed by this. I think things happen for us, not necessarily to us, you know, and everyone's worn this busy badge of honor for the last 10 years. You know, the badge of honor was to be busy. I'm busy. It's you know, the, you know to be successful was to be busy. Um, but it was ruining people's health. It was ruining people's relationship. And yes, they may have been hitting their goals, but what were they sacrificing in order to get there? Um, and I think COVID has come along and kicked us all in the face and made us stop uh, and reconsider and, and pivot and course correct. And essentially what you're doing right now, which is, which is amazing. Um, moving up to Lincoln made us do the same. People up here are very different from how they are down south. Um, yeah, before, before we came here, I don't think anybody knew how to laugh. Um, but obviously we put that here. And your podcast, when you came on my show, uh, was exceptional uh, to help people just be a little bit quirky. Nice, nice. It's um, it's important, Tom. It's important. It's actually and off the back of that podcast, um, I did have um, I can't remember what her name was now, but some one of one of one of your patients came along, and um, yeah, she she joined a couple of sessions and and really got something from it as well, which is really good. So um, so what was so and, and my and my audio guy did good, didn't he? He cut out the bandsaw. He did. So um. Positive habits. What what do what positive habits daily habits do you have? Great question. Uh, there's there's three things that I don't compromise on a daily basis. You know, I, I, it's funny. Just before this talk, I was doing a um, webinar for the fire service on stress and, and coping with stress. And I like to tell them to think of their day like your bookshelf. If you if you looked at your bookshelf. The books would be on there and there'd be something that stops them falling over. And that's normally some bookends, some nice wooden structures that you put on either end of the books that keep them nice and upright and stops them falling over on the shelf. If you think of this bookshelf like your day, your day could be full of a tragedy. It could have a comedy in it. It could have a romance in it. It could have a drama in it. And they're all the different books that you read. But the start and the end of your day are always exactly the same. And that's the bookends. So the, the things that I don't compromise, the positive habits that I have are my bookends, the start and the end of my day. So the start of my day is three things that I incorporate. It's hydration, water, it's movement, and it's affirmations and gratitude. And then my evening is time off of technology and gratitude. And they're my, my habits that I just don't break from. Nice. So, so you mentioned you come off of technology in the evening. I mean, what sort of time, what's your curfew? Uh, my curfew is probably about an hour before I'm turning in. Mm-hmm. And and what do you uh, do? Um, what do you what do, do to switch off? Yeah. So I'm one of those weird people who doesn't have a TV. 
we have a bookshelf in our living room. So I take the time to talk with my wife or read. And that's, you know, that's what we do. And we'll always go for a little walk uh, around the block before, before bedtime. And that's what we do to just switch off and relax. Nice. Nice. And, and, and how many hours sleep do you have, Tom? Good question. Um, I'm normally asleep 10-ish, uh, and I'm up anywhere between half four and half five. Amazing. So the maths on that is six or seven, six yeah. or seven hours-ish. Yeah. yeah, and 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 let's let's talk about sort of Cairo a little bit as well because ultimately yeah. that's 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 your trade. That's that's what you do, and it it you know for anybody that's listening and doesn't understand what chiropractic, can you give us a summary in a, in like a couple of minutes of what what it can do and how it can support people? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, everyone's most people have some kind of inclination of what chiropractor is and they, they they've either watched an episode of the simpsons or seen a comedy sketch on it which is just we're going to crack your back and everything's fixed chiropractic has you know, a major premise it, it sits under one essential thought process and that is that the human body is self-healing and self-regulating it doesn't need interventions to help itself unless crisis um so the way we work with that then is that if we understand that the human body can fix itself, it's self-healing, self-regulating, how does it do that? If you think of your body, what, you know, what, what's controlling everything in you? It's your brain. Your brain controls every function of your body from movement to how we're speaking to each other to how we're hearing each other. The drinks that we're both sipping are going through our digestive system. It's churning, working, healing, and repairing us all the time. And that's controlled by the brain and your nervous system, that which goes down through your spine. So the way that a chiropractor works, is it tries, we try to remove any interference or any disruption in how your body is working properly. And that is obviously, or mainly, with the spine. If your brain wants to tell your foot to move, it has to send a message from your head, through your spinal cord, down your leg to your toe. If there was any shifts or misalignments in your spine, it might change how that signal goes down. So, for instance, if I put my hand over my mouth now, you might not hear me as clearly as if I took my hand away from my mouth. If there's a misalignment in the spine, it might change the signal, or we might get some kind of Chinese whispers going on, which means the message doesn't get through. The most common symptom of that is pain. People go to the chiropractor normally with pain. Their body's telling them something's not right. So a chiropractor's job is to get your body working right how it should do. And that will allow your body to then heal up or clear up whatever is going on. Amazing. Amazing. And, you know, so I basically seeing a chiropractor as sorted my back out. Massively, and I know shifting some poundage definitely has helped, um, and exercising and hydrating, diet, everything. But initially, you know, I, I definitely had um, from when I used to work in hospitality and rugby as well. Just the compre- everything was just compressed, and I, I just could never. It never worked with osteopath. It never, it never got to that point. And I just remember, I remember again, Tom, because this, this is the story how I met you. You know, you were just like a lot of it's in your neck, Pete, and I was just like nervous at the back. And then you, you asked me to lift my legs up. And obviously you can't see this, 
but you can yeah. for the people listening. <laughs> so uh, lying on my back and lifted, lifting my legs up, and uh, no, sorry, lying on my front, lift my legs up, and I couldn't um, lift them to a, no. I want apologies. Lying on my back, lift my legs up, and I could probably do them about forty-five degrees. And then you just came back and you pushed my neck forward slightly. You said, "Try now," and literally my whole legs just came up, and I was just like, "Okay, this makes sense now." And that's obviously a bit of it, I, I, you know. It's, yeah. um, so, but well, I think it, a lay way to explain that, and it's a really good example, Pete, is if if you went into your house and all the fire alarms are going off, would you panic and take the batteries out of the fire alarms? No. Or would you run around and look around and find the fire? Mm-hmm. If you put the fire out, eventually the alarms will go off. Quite often when we have pain or symptoms or problems in our body, it's fire alarms going off. And conventional approaches to, to healing would just go straight in and look at the problem, mask it, cover it up, or cut it out. Whereas what a chiropractor will do is he'll take a step back and go, well, why? Why is this happening? try and find the fire, put the fire out and the alarm should go off. So with you, it was, a, it was the case that your back was giving you jip, um, but it was a knock-on effect from something higher up in the spine and up in the neck. So I, I think the difference between chiropractic and maybe other therapies, and it's not to knock other therapies because they work wonders for other people, um, but we just like to ask the question why mm-hmm. and really try and find, find the answer. Nice. So, so you mentioned at the beginning that you fly all over the world doing talks. Um, how how big is the biggest talk you've done? Uh, just shy of a thousand. Okay. How did you feel before you went on stage? Good. Um, I say, I suppose I, I've come to realise I have a gift for speaking, or some people say I just have a big mouth. I genuinely say that our our greatest gift lives behind our biggest fear. I grew up really quite dyslexic. I was privileged to go to a good good school. But what that meant is that everybody around me was much greater achievers. And being dyslexic, I really struggled to put together some kind of argument or justification for, for me and what I do. So I had to learn how to do that. And I still really struggle to do it sometimes one on one. But one to many is when I really step into that genius and that gift. So for a big audience, I enjoy it. And for me, the bigger, the easier. Um, smaller audiences, one-on-one, if you were asking me that question, um, I, do st- I do still find that really quite difficult. That's interesting, isn't it? Mm. Actually, that's it. So, so um, okay, when you speak one-to-one then with somebody, is it, is it because you can't, sort of work like it doesn't make sense or is it because you haven't practiced because obviously standing in front of a thousand people you're not just going to get on stage and go all right this is me i'm ready to go and just <laughs> blag it are you or are well, you well maybe i do yes i do um <laughs> nowadays not not originally uh, and when i teach people just public speaking i certainly tell them not to blag it but <laughs> the thing that gets us all with with one-on-one or one-to-many it's the fear of judgment it's the fear of judgment and you can't hide from the judgment one-on-one when you're on the stage, if you catch eyes with someone who you think is judging you, you just turn and face somebody else. And the, and the trick really is to look above people, not at their eyes when, you, when, you, when you're doing those talks. And they feel like you're engaging with them, but, and, and you are, but you're not looking them dead in the eye. Whereas one-on-one, it's much harder to avoid that. So that, that fear of judgment becomes very real. Um, and we retreat into our 
you know, our primitive state, which brings up those fears, uh, which is a natural flight or fight or flight reaction. So I think the reason it's harder one-on-one for me is it's that fear of judgment that stops it. Um, and that's true for everybody, I think, with their greatest gift. Yeah, yeah. And then, so, and also they can tell that you're just looking at their forehead, yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have I got three eyes or what? <laughs> See, I tried, I tried to get that just as you sipped the water there and you nearly went there. You nearly went <laughs> Amazing. So, so, you know, so you obviously, like I say, you were privileged. You went to a, a good school. Um, you learned that you were dyslexic at an early age, early-ish age, yeah. Um, so when, when did a positive mindset, positive, you know, when did you get involved in all of that stuff? Ooh. Um, so re- I, th- I think it really came after I finished university that I, um, I kind of first got the inclination that I can do this. And then I went into my, you know, started practice and I was bored and boredom led me on a trail of discovery. I started to find people that I thought were, were inspiring. were doing things that more like what I wanted to do. And I chased that and, started to listen to certain things, read and dream. And I suppose it really came at that point. I think one of the biggest tipping points in my life was, was when I got my A-level results and I flunked, I completely flunked my A-levels. And, and I suppose this is testament to anyone who, you know, who may have flunked their A-levels or may have not got grades or qualifications in life, which I think is a ridiculous way of measuring the character of somebody. Um, but it's the way our country's set up that even if you do fail, it doesn't mean you have to stop. Um, but my chemistry teacher, cause I failed to get the grades to go to chiropractic school. My chemistry teacher just said to me, why don't you just give them a call? Just give them a call and see if they'll let you in. And that was the first time someone believed in me and said, why don't you challenge what you've been told? Um, so a thing that I always keep hold of now is to, to question everything that I'm told um, and dare to ask. That's amazing. It will get you a long way in life. And the teacher's name? <sighs> Dude, that's embarrassing. I can't remember. Lovely, lovely chemistry teacher. She was, uh, I'm sure she's retired now from uh, QEH, which you might know in, in Bristol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's a good answer. It's a good, good, good yeah. comeback, mate. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> But there, it's amazing. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's, you know, it's amazing. You get these moments where like, and, and that's a really, it is a tough question trying to remember that, that pivotal moment, which all of a sudden you realize that you can do things. Yeah. You can do what you put your mind to. And, and, you know, for me, like my, Ernst Nightingale, have you heard of Ernst yes. Nightingale? Yeah. Yep. So the, um, the secret, uh, not the secret, I should know this as well, shouldn't I? Um, uh, anyway, it's like an audio that I, I listened to, and it was just all about writing down what your goals and what you want to do. And yeah. and and he likened it that like this is the main thing. It might like if the tanker, the big tanker that's going through the ocean, it's just got this little tiny driver at the top driving it. And yeah. you know, it, it's he he knows which way he's going. He knows which way he's going because and a little tiny move is going to like put him completely off course. And and it's the same with our minds. You know, our minds are quite small, but they're very powerful. And it just means that if you know where you're going, you get there basically. And yeah. it's, it's he, he says it a lot better than that. <laughs> yeah, but it's also like things that we dream of doing, and we might. I I really do believe thoughts come to our mind as 
as opportunities from the universe. And if we don't act upon them, that thought's going to be taken to somebody else and it's there, then, then their opportunity. Buckminster Fuller says, um, the universe wouldn't offer you a lick of the ice cream if it didn't want you to have the whole thing. You know, if we get a taste of something, we get an opportunity in life, it's there for a reason. Um, and one of the things that will stop us is what I said previously. It's the, it's the fear of judgment. Oh, if I, if I stop my catering to go and do something with, with laughter and, and positivity, what are my family going to think of me? What are my friends going to think of me for doing that? And maybe it's time to get new friends, you know, <laughs> like yeah, you yeah. just got to have, you just got to dare to go your way. And there's a number, there's a number that really helps, really helps me do this. 30,000. 30,000 is a significant number because it is the average number of days we have on this planet. If the listeners are over the age of 40, that's 15,000 days. 82 being the average age, 365, 30,000. It's not that much time. Mm. So why wait? Why compromise? Why live somebody else's existence or dream? You know, I really do believe we're put here for a reason. Um, and you've got to find something that's the doorway that lets you know where you're going and then go for it. Associate with people like yourself and just go for it. Um, yeah, definitely. It's, it's, and I think that's sort of what's happened because what, what the first, when, as soon as I discovered laughter yoga, I was just like, I was just blown away. And I was just like, this is just, this is, this is my calling. This is why I've been put here. It ticks so many of my boxes, tick, 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 tick. And now, you know, I'm, I'm all over it, mate. I'm all over it. And I've got the vision. I know I'm going to get the big, big audience. And that's why I asked about, you know, how do you feel going in front of a thousand people? And it's quite interesting to hear that. You know, it's fine. Just get on it. And it's just like, actually, you know, my, my vision is, and I, I keep saying it out loud, is that San Francisco, 1,000 people, laughter from stage. Yeah, that, that that's that's my, that's that's my stage. So it's uh, if anyone's listening, I keep putting it out there because someone will listen and go, "Well, I could do that for you, Pete." But it comes back to asking. Mm. We said just ask, uh, and there's no reason it won't happen because that because you're in your genius and you're in your gift. Yes, there will be nerves, but I remember when I first did one of my biggest talks. I remember a, a really accomplished speaker at the same time. He said to me, he said. The, you know the butterflies you get before a talk? The difference between a good speaker and a bad speaker is that the good speaker will help those butterflies fly in formation. You know, that those nerves are a reason. Um, oh, who is it? Who Bruce Springsteen. I'm sure you're aware of Bruce Springsteen, the boss, one of the, one of the biggest artists of all time. Um, he gets fear every time he goes on stage. He gets nerves. And he's conditioned that to say that if I don't have the nerves before I go on stage, something's not right. The nerves are me telling me that I need to step into uh, this thing that I'm about to do. So I don't think anyone ever loses nerves. Mm. It's just how we choose to perceive them that might be different. Yeah, I like to look at it as well. When you get butterflies and you get that nervous feeling, I, I liken it to excited as well. You know, think about when you wake up, when you were a child waking up for Christmas Day or your birthday, it's exactly the same 
feeling in the stomach so actually nerves are excitement and it's it's like again framing it it, it I, I used to dj in front of hundreds and hundreds of people and you know i'd get up and like i'd be just I'd, like five minutes before just getting myself into the zone and the first one was always the hardest but then boom we were on and we were going and it was just like all those nerves just flowed away and it's just like mm. it, it was exciting instead so it's um yeah no it's interesting so so you mentioned you've got um you've got a bookcase so you don't have a television okay so this question might be a bit tricky or it might not be tricky it's like what would you the most if you were to recommend a book to somebody that you know was listening like the most inspirational book that's helped you over the years good so i i reread and i'm currently rereading on a regular basis think and grow rich um which is i think what every self-help book we do like that one and just over here um I have a stack of these because it's the book I gift to most people uh, is The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. So I would start with The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday um, as probably my number one go-to book that would help anybody really. It's interesting because someone mentioned that one the other day to me. Well, text me your address, mate, and I'll send a copy down to you. I wasn't fishing, honestly. (laughs) I know, mate, but you deserve it. Thank you, mate. (laughs) You're worth it. So, um, so, so, what would you, um, what would you say um, to anybody that was like listening? Because again, like people do listen to this and it's like, oh, this positive. I keep hearing positive mindset, positive affirmation, blah 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 blah. Like, but how, where do I start? Where? How do I get into this? You know, who? What would you say to anybody listening? What would be the first thing that you would go try this and this? Great. Um- the simplest thing I would do at the start is just to practice gratitude, the art of being grateful, um, to start and end every day with three things that you're grateful for. It's simple as that. I mean, the world is full of anxiety. Anxiety's polar opposite emotion is gratitude, which means they can't exist at the same time. If you want to start to change your physiology into thinking big, that you can achieve things, we need to reduce our anxiety levels. And that the fastest and strongest way to do that is through practicing gratitude. So. You might think, oh, I've got nothing to be grateful for, yet you've got some way of listening to what we're talking about now. That's, that's an incredible technology to be grateful for. You probably have a bed to sleep in tonight and you probably have food in your fridge. There are things to be grateful for. And the more that we practice gratitude, it becomes a state of mind. You step outside your front door, you see a blackbird on the fence over, over the way and you're grateful for seeing that and being appreciative of that. Um, so the place that I would start with people is simply just start building your body into, into a state of gratitude. Start and end each day with three things you're grateful for. Amazing. Amazing. And, and would you, do you have any other sort of, you mentioned you, you obviously hydrate is one thing they do when you move. So, um, you know, again, like, do you do sort of yoga or you, or, or is it gym? Sort of what, what, what's so, your routine? Yeah, so the morning routine is, is separate from my other uh, exercise routines. The way I like to think of it, how do we maximize our body start to the day? So I, the morning routine I teach people is a three-part morning routine. It can be done in two minutes or, 20, or, or 60 minutes. So it's either three blocks of two minutes. Sorry, so, so it'll be six minutes or three blocks of 20 minutes. So it'd be an hour. The six-minute one is the one you can do in the bathroom. Nobody even knows you're doing it. The 60-minute one is the one that's probably best for you. The first thing you do is hydrate. Um, so... You know, dehydration can reduce brain activity by about 10 to 
When we sleep overnight, we expel so much water through our breath, the moisture that comes out, we're very dehydrated in the morning. So the first thing we do is hydrate. Try a pint of water straight away, first thing. So now we've hydrated the body and we've woken up the brain a little bit. The next thing I would do is move. Now, movement can be as simple as marching on the spot, walking up and down the street, or up and down the stairs. If you live in a bungalow, you can just do some squats in the living room. So the movement stimulates the brain because as the body moves, the brain grooves. As the body moves, the brain grooves. So this stimulates and starts firing off wires in our brain to get that going. So now we're in this state where we're hydrated, the brain is firing, but it's still the first part of the morning, which means, and this is the most important thing, your body is still in what we call alpha and theta brainwave states. And as we wake up, when we move through alpha and theta brainwave states from our sleep state to our awake state, we are most suggestible. So if you've ever seen a stage hypnotist, they're putting someone into alpha and theta, which means they can suggest to them what to do and the person will do it. So the way that affirmations work and gratitude really works is to do it at this point of the day because that's when it gets into our deep set brain and not just something that comes and goes. So wake up in the morning, hydrate, get the brain working, get your body hydrated and functioning, move to wire the brain and fire the brain. And while you're still in that waking up state, do your affirmations, do your gratitude, and that will build the armor that we need to take out into the day. It's something that's been practiced by monks for years. They spend the first half of their day putting their armor on, positivity, gratitude, prayer, movement, and the second half of their day in service. And in service, we're prone to getting some, you know, something thrown at us, some conflict. But because they put their armor on at the start, they can better cope with it. So that my morning routine is simple. It's, it's to hydrate, to move, and to affirm. Nice. I love that. I could talk to you all day, Tom. I could talk to you all day, but likewise, you know, rather than talking, I think you know, you know what else we need to do whilst we're here. It'd be silly not to, wouldn't it? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so we're going to just do a couple of laughing exercises, Tom. All right. So first of all, I just want to take a nice deep breath in and hold it, and we can take another deep breath in. Let out a nice. Lovely. Another deep breath in and let out a ha ha ha. There you go, mate. You're welcome. Uh, so <laughs> 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 so we're going, let's play find the giggle. All right. So basically find the giggle. So we've got giggles all over our body. And basically what we're going to do, we're just going to search for it. And then when we find it, we're just going to look at it and go, <laughs> have, a, have, a, have a little rummage around, see if you can find a giggle. We'll do one more. 
Uh, and this one, we'll just, we'll just do a giggle phone because I like a good giggle phone, okay? So you're going to get the giggle phone. It looks like this, okay? So anyone that is, is, is listening, it looks, like, it looks like a phone and you basically you put it to your ear and it's the funniest thing that you've heard all day. So you get your phone. hold it and how's that brilliant brilliant <laughs> My wife's gonna wonder what the hell is going on up here. I just oh, I the it. power, the power of laughter. It's uh, it's amazing. It's amazing, and you know it's it's yeah, it's just amazing. It's amazing. So so um, who inspires you and why? Oh, great question. I think the more I've thought about this, and more people ask me this, is I inspire myself. Is the main force and foremost. I think we have to understand that. There's no shame in owning who you are and your genius. So I inspire myself first and foremost. Um, my patients inspire me on a daily basis. Um, I think that's where I get most of my, my daily inspiration. And my wife, um, who seems to just achieve absolutely everything she puts her mind to. Fantastic. Okay. And if anybody wants to reach out and get to know you a bit more, Tom, what's the best channel? Uh, so either Facebook um, uh, Dr. Tom finding you. Uh, so Dr. Tom finding you on Facebook or on Instagram. Um, uh, Dr. Tom Waller, I believe is it. Dr. Tom Waller. Perfect. And we'll put, we'll, I'll put all those links in the show notes anyway, so people Thank can you. find it. And I'm sure people will, because uh, like I said, you know, I could, I could chat to you all day, mate. And it just feels that, you know, it, it's, yeah, I, I, we're going to share a stage one day, mate. I can, I can feel it there. let's make it happen mate let's make it happen so final thought three things that bring you joy three things that bring me joy um nature laughter and seeing people achieve fantastic tom thank you so much again for your time thank you peter it's been an absolute pleasure love what you do thank you so much for listening to laughter and positivity with pete to access today's show notes and exclusive content please head over to pecan.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for your next dose of laughter and positivity. Until then, remember, if Pete can, you can. <laughs>